the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is produced and distributed through a partnership with AV Nation and Rave Publications. For more information, go to ravepubs.com forward slash AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 22, December 30th, 2011. 2011, get off of my lawn. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. This is AV Week. AV. AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of AV news and information and some commentary, I'm sure. I'm Tim Albright, your host. Welcome. With us this week is Dawn Mead. She is AV Dawn. She's a blogger and consultant and a darn fine woman to know. How are you, Dawn? Very good, thank you. She is at avdawn.com, and she's uh, on Rave Blog and a bunch of other places. So, George Tucker is here as well. He is the engineering coordinator at World Stage. His handle is Tucker2s. I still refuse to say his website, so go ahead, George. <laughs> I'll say it at the end, but it's there. Okay. And then Matt Scott. Matt is uh, everything at Omega Audio Video. He is the ultimate uh, Megatron everybody and everything at Omega. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, his website is OmegaAudioVideo.com. This week, we're going to give our best and worst of 2011. We're going to give some predictions. Whether or not they come true or not is uh, about a year away to see for 2012. <laughs> Take a look at Crestron. Yes, I said Crestron passionately their newest <laughs> touch panel that was for you george but first so romantic devil you i know me me and i'm telling you me and randy like this um first sony is <laughs> getting i'm gonna get a cease and desist order by the way pretty soon <laughs> but first sony is getting out of the lcd business uh this comes from from bbc news and not to 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 you know say too much the sky is falling samsung is buying out sony from their joint lcd venture they're going to pay them about almost a billion dollars three nine hundred thirty nine million dollars which is no small you know not exactly a small feat uh this is around the same time that sony is restructuring their tv business uh a quote from from samsung says under the agreement samsung will acquire all of sony's shares of SLCD Corporation, the two companies' LCD panel manufacturing joint venture, making SLCD a wholly owned subsidiary of Samsung. George, we'll start with you. Is this a shock, number one, and is this a big deal? I mean, is Sony just getting out of the manufacturing part and you think we're still going to see, you know, Vios and, and things of that nature? Is it a shock? No. I, you know what I mean? Um... They've been having a real bad run, Sony. They just can't seem to get themselves together at all. Uh, you know, Sony is, though, in deep doo-doo. Um, when I looked at this and I was like, wow, you know, what's the big deal about them selling it off? I went to Bloomberg. Uh, Bloomberg.com. The Bloomberg. You the, know Bloomberg? Uh, uh, yeah. No Bloomberg. You New Yorkers. Yeah, you know, I went and had lunch with him, and you know, he told me the straight stuff right there. You had to pay. Um, it. You had to but, pay, didn't you? Yeah, right. I had to. I had to. I mean, it's a nice office. He has good food. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the Bloomberg building. 
It's phenomenal. You never want to leave. Let's be honest. It like takes up a city block. Seriously. Um, <laughs> but think about this. Sony has had four straight losses in a row. They are losing money hand and foot. They went down 52% this year in value. Wow. In 2001, they were worth $100 billion. Today, $18 billion. I'm sorry. Say that again. One hundred to our friends at Bloomberg. In 2001, they were worth $100 billion. Right? Okay. As of today, they are worth about $18 billion. That's like their wow. market cap or something. But yeah. But okay. still, they're down 52% this year. And they are way down from what their value was in 2000. Now, bad economy or not, they're just not doing something right. And we can all come up with, I'm sure, five products each on the top of our head that Sony has gone, look. Oh, no, that's not going to work. Uh, never mind. Oh, look. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, right? I mean, and part of me thinks they're in deep doo-doo, man. They're just not doing it. And they've got to really get themselves back into action. Now, part of this also, I, Samsung must have a plan. Think about this. Who's really buying these large screens? What's selling more are the small screen LCD screens. You know, even uh, in the same Bloomberg article, a guy from Credit Suisse was talking about how large LCD screens are not the market cap that everybody wants. It's the small stuff because the teenagers and the youth market are buying little screens and they're fine with viewing these. Define little, though. I mean, not, not to get, not to uh, iPads. Okay. Uh, smartphones like Androids, though. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, I have, I have a, um, a live-in babysitter, right? An au pair. And because my wife and I both work crazy, crazy hours. And I was talking to her about it. Now, her father works for a major manufacturer of electronics as well back in Germany. And she's like, I'm so I'm like, well, you know, do you want to, would you like a large TV in your room? You know, would you? And she's like, well, I mean, if you gave it to me, okay. Like, well, what do you watch most of your stuff on? And she's like, well, I have my computer. And then she just bought herself an iPad for Christmas. And that's what she watches her stuff on. And to her, it doesn't matter. She said to me, you know, I would love to hear, like, the surround sound. That would be kind of cool. She goes, but some of them do it on, the headset, on your headphones anyway, so it's not a big deal. So these kids are not really um, very that, you know, the youth, are, the youth market is not really uh, too concerned with these larger panels. And I think that may have a lot to do with it. So who is buying them then? Is it, is it the higher-end market or is it, you know, once you get out of college and high school, then you want a bigger screen for more of a lean-back experience and more of a family experience? I, you know, I suppose you might. You know, uh, it depends, I guess, on what you get your content through. Some of us are used to getting our content through the cable boxes and everything else, and we wanted it from the day we were in college. But that doesn't seem to be the necessity anymore, and they're fine. They're even feeling restricted by the fact that you mean I have to sit in one place and watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, there are the installs. There's the residential market for the high end. There's the commercial market that wants the big, big stuff. You know, because they're doing conferences. <laughs> um, but even that seems to be changing a little bit. You know, more and more people are working from home, and your communication is over these small little screens to do your sort of collaborative work. Hmm. If I can jump in for a sec, it. It's one of those things where this has kind of been one of the aspects that's been lost in the um, big conversation about how the cable companies, et cetera, are losing advertising dollars, et cetera, 
because you know the way people are consuming content is different. The screen manufacturers and all the AV makers for residential stuff are seeing such a huge difference as well because just as you said, most teenagers and, and younger people you know, under 30, the way we're consuming content is completely different. I watch more on-demand stuff on my, iP- or on my iPad than I ever do through my cable box even though I have the same amount of content. So when you have people that are you know, our age – that are, you know, and younger that are literally only watching stuff on their computer or on their phones. Yeah, they're not going out to spurts, especially on the the higher dollar value, um, you know, higher margin screens that have been the be- bread and butter of some of these companies. So it, it's really not that surprising at all, especially when you look at Sony and the fact that up until a couple of years ago, it was very hard to find a price competitive model by Sony that you couldn't buy cheaper from somebody else. But is that just Sony being Sony and saying yes? a lot of a ton of it's Sony being Sony? But again, it, it it's that whole trickle down effect. When you have less people buying large screens because they're doing other things and they're consuming content differently and they don't need the large screen. Um, like I know my sister who's currently in law school, um, she went her first year without a TV mm-hmm. and not cause she didn't watch stuff, but because especially being in the States opposed to Canada, you can watch almost all your content online. She watched it all on her MacBook. She didn't right. watch so, it. So far you know, as you don't want or need to see it right then when it happens. Yeah, You're cool. Well, see, but even even we're getting beyond that. This year, the Super Bowl, uh, the the NFL championship, is going to be streamed online. That's right. I forgot exactly. about that. Right. You know, and, and that's that to me. And, and I think all of us. I mean, we're, we're in, the the definition of laggard or luddite would not fit any of us on this call. <laughs> Matter of fact, we're the right. opposite. Uh, Dawn for for ha- Merry Christmas to her. She got a, a, a Kindle Fire, right? Absolutely. That is a content consumption device, if it's nothing else. Absolutely. And if I can add to what the guys were saying, I think that generational factors are playing a part in Sony's downfall, not just with the Gen Y and millennials wanting everything on small screens, portable, mobile, which is where it's going. But a lot of us in Gen X, a lot of us 30-somethings, Sony's what our parents bought. You know, yeah, yeah. and and it's always been overpriced, and yeah, it has this reputation for quality in the '80s. It's Betamax, it's Walkman, it's clunky, it's the innovator, but that's where they are. You know, for us, Pioneer when they were in plasmas, they were the name. Samsung has been a major name. You know, it's these other brands that have come along after Sony that mean more to those of us in that middle demographic between the boomers and the, the Gen X. So for us, or Gen Y. So for us, it, it's, you know, why am I paying for Sony when this other stuff is as good or better built upon what Sony innovated? And then the younger generation again is saying, and we don't even want the big thing. So, you know, that's two whole massive demographics that are saying not so much Sony, you can just go over there and do whatever it is you do these days. Sell to the old people. We'll handle it from here. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for the Blu-ray. Thanks for killing yeah. HD DVD. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Now go to retirement home. Well, it's it's <laughs> definitely one of those things as a, you know, resident, mainly residential guy. I do get asked for Sony a lot. 
I very rarely get asked by for Sony by someone under you know thirty five forty, very rarely. And when they do, it's because they have this uh, stigma that Sony is the best, and there's no one else they can buy. Mm-hmm. But for me as a company, have we pursued Sony? We've looked at it a couple times, but I don't go after it. I don't directly carry them, and honestly, I don't want to because it becomes another product that I carry that I sell to the odd client who's convinced it's the best, and I can't, not that I'm trying to steer them away from a particular product necessarily, but you know, it, they're that client who wants what they want because they want it. They don't care what anybody else says. Right. So for me... But- I don't need it. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect that I'm sure has been just huge in them and, you know, depending on if you're a gamer or not, this may or may not affect you, but that whole PSN PlayStation Network issue that they oh, had that being hacked oh, yeah. like yeah. multiple times and, oh, wait, it's right. fixed. Two days later, crap, we got hit again. We and then suck. It was down for like a month or something? Oh, yeah. Like I had customers right, left, and center that we were going to and pulling their PlayStations out. Because they were just tired of it. And they were worried. It was like I had For one customer. Reason. Yeah. We had one customer that literally called us and said, hey, can you come and just you know disconnect? Like we still want to play it, but just take it off the network. We don't want it connected to anything because we don't like – and they didn't fully understand what was going on. But they had that fear of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get hacked because I have a PlayStation. Well, if it makes right. the national news, you know, like oh, the third yeah. story in, you know it's there's something wrong. You here. know it's big. So right. – you know, it's just that whole, con- you know, I- I'd love to say that it's still very easy to sell the high dollar, high margin products, but it's not. It's hard. It- it's becoming harder and harder. So with a company like Sony that, you know, has really built itself on, especially in the last little bit, you know, they're crazy high-end Bravias that aren't any better than, you know, a mid- middle-of-the-line Samsung, picture quality-wise, that is, you know, X number of dollars higher People aren't spending that unless it's the one product that they must have. They're not going to buy it. So, yeah, it all hits them. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so we're watching not the downfall necessarily. I don't want to be, you know, too pessimistic about it. But the aging of a once pretty good company. I mean, in my opinion, the, the VHS Betamax war was won by the wrong person from a quality standpoint. Sony has created some really great products, some really innovative products in the past, and they have been great analog guys. I think one of their missteps was the fact that they couldn't figure out how to go from the Walkman to the MP3 player. They were poised for it, for crying out loud. They're the ones who gave us portable music. They're the ones who gave us, you know, a thousand songs in your pocket to to, to steal from Apple for a second. Um, <laughs> but, you know... Something happened along the line where <laughs> either the management didn't didn't move or they had the wrong people in place. And I'm sitting here going, okay, I know we've seen this before. I know we've seen this movie movie before. The question is where. And, and part of it is somewhat in the car manufacturing business. When you go, okay, GM and Ford and Chrysler, probably not Ford to, the, to, to too much extent, but, but definitely Chrysler and GM kind of sat on their laurels for the better part of the 70s and the 80s and let companies like Toyota and Honda come in and eat their lunch and suddenly woke up one morning and said, um, I got a problem over here. <laughs> right. The guy in the back's got his hand up going, um, guys, 
Guys, we, we yeah, we kind of missed that one. Yeah, Sorry. Um, the, the, the building's on fire, and I've only got one one fire extinguisher. Where would you like me to put the fire out? Exactly. Right. And not to discredit Sony totally, because their professional market, like the pro pro market, broadcast and oh yeah, the stuff, pro gear is beautiful. They are, from what I can understand and read, they're doing really well. You know, even when they lost the beta VHS battle, battle beta was the standard in broadcast. Yeah, still is. And it had a long life. I mean, look, we still occasionally rent BBW beta decks. <laughs> well, there, there's a there's a, a a number of stations in St. Louis where I, I have some handling in in our church's um, video. I help out with the, with the video department, and a couple years ago, we were looking into getting on the air for you know basically you go in and you buy half an hour's times. Uh, of the stations in St. Louis, about 75% of them preferred the media that we send it to them on to be beta. Yeah, there's Actual still physical a, tapes. Yeah, there's still a couple. Um, some of the churches that I still deal with, they still ship out Betamax. Yeah. Um, beta tapes for broadcast. And it's, you know, it, it's one of those things. Same, same principle does kind of apply, though, with their TVs. It, it's the same thing. Uh, or sorry, the same principle that their TVs has still kind of applies with their broadcast stuff. They make some beautiful broadcast cameras. Are they still much pricier than everybody else? Yeah. And is there a you know a, an actual um, hard solid reason for that? Maybe yes and no. Um, I know I was uh, working with the church uh, about eh, probably eight months ago on a you know broadcast upgrade for their TV studio. And we quoted and, and looked at a lot of the, the Sony products and, you know, came out with it with Hitachi stuff that was spec for spec, pretty much just as good, just the same, but was a much better um, price point for them. And, you know, the bottom line with them literally came down to the whole, we'd love to buy Sony, but we, uh, we just can't find anything that justifies paying that price. For what premium. it is. Yeah, yeah right. paying that premium. Other than the fact that, you know, people will walk into the church and go, oh, cool, they have Sony cameras. And, you know, I mean, the, number, so honestly, the number of people that do that, though? <laughs> like three of us in AV. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't, do that. I wouldn't do that over a Sony camera anymore. I mean, you, you've got Ikigami, you've got JVC, you have so many other people who have made a good quality broadcast camera over oh, yeah. Sony's. So that's... yeah. Exactly. Well, and, I, I would do it personally if it was a Panasonic, but that's about it. <laughs> no, I, I, but, I, I do like Panasonics as well. So, and, and, and I do feel compelled to speak up here and say, before anyone starts digging out the old Betamax machine in their garage <laughs> to try to sell it to a church, the, the, broad, the, the broadcast quality beta that is preferred is Betacam SP, yes, which yes, is not sorry. the Betamax that was commercially oh, yeah. available to, pe- to home people. <laughs> different size tape, different uh, – still excellent quality. In fact, better quality than the home stuff. The home stuff was great, but it is not the same it's thing. Not, Keep your Betamax you. machines in the basement. Thank you, Don. Or the, or, 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 or the dump, you know. <laughs> don't send them to us. We cannot find a use for them. Actually, Amen. you know what? I'm, I might it. find a use for it because – all right, correction. Everyone send all your old betas. Because I could probably find Blade Runner still on beta. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> what, no Laserdisc, buddy? I killed Laserdisc. You forget that. So uh, okay. <laughs> You're listening to AV Week uh, as we mourn the loss or the death of Sony. Not really. Uh, with AV, Don, Don, me, George Tucker, and Matt Scott. Uh, George Tucker gives me a hard time all the time about being a Crestron fanboy. <laughs> but 
I don't not appreciate them. I think they're an excellent company. Yes, I, I know you do. You just um, lather on like a romantic love child. Well, it's, it's more it's more like a stalker <laughs> because there are you know there. Are... <laughs> nice. So a couple years ago, the geniuses in New Jersey gave the AV community something that I'm sure at the time was they thought was rather good, and probably from an end user standpoint, it wasn't half bad. It was something called the iPad. The 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 i. Pad. A-pad. A-pad. A-pad, sorry. Yeah, the A-pad. The A-pad. The A-pad. Yeah. And it, it, as the name implies, it looked something like an iPod. It had a, a turn wheel and four buttons and, and this, that, and the other. From an integration standpoint, this thing was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. From a programming standpoint, from an integration standpoint, it wasn't standardized in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't... A single gang, it wasn't two gang, it was kind of in the middle somewhere, so you had to have a custom box if you were going to put it in, you know, uh, if you had to mount it externally. If you wanted to put it in wall, no big deal, you just cut the right hole out. But programming this thing was nigh on impossible, unless you use their their software, their their um, uh, system builder. Not even You couldn't even do this in, in, successfully, or at least I couldn't, in uh, in simple Windows. This week they came out, and the thing that made this thing though so special was the fact that it was five hundred bucks, and the world of Crestron that's pretty inexpensive for something that had you know feedback and stuff like that. Uh, last week they came out with a seven hundred dollar actual, honest to goodness, GUI touch panel single gang uh, touch screen uh, for you know Pro AV and this that and the other. It's called the TPMC three uh, SM, I think. And this, to me, is what they should have done five years ago. Now, now maybe techno- technologically, they couldn't have. But you've got you have a really great product in Crestron Control. My personal opinion, I have no issues with with Extron or AMX or Aurora or anybody else's. Just my personal preference is is to have Crestron Control. However, the barrier entry in Crestron, when you're talking about GUI and you're talking about actual graphical user interfaces, is astronomical. I, it's just from a from a retail you know price tag standpoint, the 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 six X, which is their their least expensive right now, is about thirty five hundred dollars. That's a huge barrier to entry when it comes to prices. Now, yes, you can buy the little buttons buttons and stuff like that, but doesn't quite do it justice. So for me, and George, we'll start with you because you know you can beat me up on this. Um, th- to me, they needed to do, they needed to do this, and they needed to do it a long time ago. I'm just glad to see they finally did. Uh, yes, and yes, um, I like the product a lot. I, th- I I I kind of knew about this back in the day when I was uh, in, in. And you didn't Belly. say anything. I could not. <laughs> there are some things called NDAs. My yeah, wait, 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 wait. On. Um, you know, I'm a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> um, anyway. Since when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> FBI, hello. Um, the, um, Gosh. I like the product a lot. I think this thing is excellent, and I'd love to see it translate into lower-end line stuff as well. Uh, I, it's one of the first things I'm excited about in a touchscreen from a manufacturer other than, say, an iPad or iTouch kind of configuration. I really, really like this thing. I think it's got a lot of benefits, and especially on the commercial side where it ties into their room view stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I have no issue with it. I mean, I can concur with you from being on the inside and part of tech support for a while. The yeah. iPad was um, it was troublesome. Yes, <laughs> it was a pain in the butt. 
it was not intended to be used in simple windows, and that was a line, and we're sticking to it because um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you've ever been on the Yahoo boards for their programming, <laughs> the, the Yahoo programming boards about uh, home automation, you can research a lot of expletive-laced uh, conversations about that, that product. It was a cool concept. It really should work. I liked the design and the way that it interfaced. It just, it was a little more d- difficult than necessary to get into operation. Yes, that's a nice way of putting it. Don, do you do you like this at all, or are we uh, are we crazy uh, here? No, I, I like it as well, and and here's why: not simply because it works a lot better than its nearest previous incarnation, the a- the iPad from Crestron, but. It brings something to the table that we as an industry are lacking in a lot of areas. We're making strides to, but it brings that standard. It's, it fits a standard mm-hmm. single gang. It, it fits what people already have. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, every time somebody comes up with something that's a fantastic product, but it's a weird size or it's a weird configuration or it's not as wide or it's too wide or it's too tall or, you know, you run into other barriers other than simply cost and functionality. And nowadays, you know, if you don't have standards, everybody's looking at the IT world. IT world runs on standards. And, you know, Infocom, the association, has been working to put standards in our industry. And, and something like this that's going to fit a standard that already exists in construction, that already exists in IT, more power to them. Bring us more. You know, just keep it all. Keep it simple, stupid. That's that's at the end of the day. That's what our manufacturers need to remember. Make it work and keep it simple. Yeah. So good for Crestron. You know what I didn't read is uh, is it Poe? Um, you know what I didn't read that. I don't think it is. Um, I was under the understanding that it was. It's got it's got Core Three inside of it. It's part of the Core Three thing. I seem to remember it was POE, or you could get it in a POE option. Yes, it is land POE. Is. The yeah. commercial one is land is POE. There we go. It's got Poe, bro. It <clears> is. <throat> that's awesome. It's definitely one of those pieces that is, you know, going to be huge in both resi and commercial. the The plus for me is that it kind of gives, without being an iPad or sorry, an iPod, it gives that type of interface that so many people are asking for and looking for, especially in the resi side, but gives us the the um, er, the usability of a proper keypad. Because that's always been our concern when we're integrating uh, products like this and people are looking for those smaller interfaces that are more cost-effective. They always want to go into an iPad or an I, iPod, which is fine, but we're always a little concerned about using those as our you know, dedicated, always on, you know, pieces. So this will really fit that point. Um, and, and I'm glad that they finally brought something that's standard. The The biggest thing that never makes sense to me is when manufacturers build things that aren't to spec. Yeah. And what I mean by that is as, you know, somebody who's come out of the construction trade a little bit, um, when you build stuff that's, you know, custom-sized and you, you know, you you want to use it in a standard application, essentially, but you don't make it a standard. It's just retarded. Well, and here's the thing. <laughs> my, my my background is in education and house of worship. Yeah. We have the, the college that I work for, we have a 160-year-old building. 
big map. You know, it's 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 a gorgeous uh, architecture. But the thing was built in the 1840s, 1850s. So there's no drywall. There's no gypsum board. <laughs> and yeah, you're it's plaster. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not drilling into that. You're I got a 1901 s- colonial house. Trust me, I know oh, there about you go. plaster, baby. So, so George and I are, are together on this. So you're surface mounting everything. Anything like this, you're going to surface mount. You try finding a one and a half gang box to <laughs> slap this sucker into. Yeah, and correct exactly. me if I'm wrong, but did Crestron? Yeah. Did Crestron make a specific back back box for no. it? No. Okay, so, so I don't think so. So what? everything else. For what? No, they they, for, they for made the it to be they they made a back box to install into drywall. Right, yeah. but they had nothing Not else. No, no other nothing surface mounted. No. no. Right. And that and was again, my biggest issue with it. This is that area that always you know we see it occasionally in residential um, AV where a speaker manufacturer will come out with this cool new speaker that does this, that, and, you know, the next thing, but it doesn't fit in between studs. Or it's an in-ceiling piece that's eight and a half inches tall. And we look at it and go, okay, this is from the back of the drywall, eight and a half inches. So in every home that does not have a two-by-ten floor construction, which especially in older homes is very normal, like my basement has um, two-by-six. I can't fit a lot of the speakers I want to use in my ceiling because they don't fit. Yeah. Hey, look, again, back to my house. I, 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 I am shocked when I find anything that's 16 inches on center for my stuff. Yeah. It's 12, 13, 10, 16, 15, 18 sometimes. <laughs> Whatever the guys came up with. <laughs> 220, Depends on what time of the day it was and how many beers they had during the construction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 220, 221, whatever it takes. Exactly. So, I, yeah. <laughs> so bottom line is I do love seeing the fact that, A, they're doing something that is going to be very effective. It'll work awesome, and it fits in a regular box. And yeah, it's me, awesome. On, on, on our delicious feed, I, I wrote on the on the comment section, finally, a, a <laughs> sub-$1,000 retail price. Right. Touch panel. It, it, that, that to me, I mean, there, there are certain psychological barriers for people, and, and I think that's one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at a at – a, Processor. And it's and it's utilitarian though. Yeah, it's it's made for a function. It's made to fit in a box for that utilitarian function, and it doesn't try to do anything more and put in every bell and whistle and whiz bang Swiss Army knife spring loaded blade. It but, does what it does. Okay, so so let, let, right. let's go back to residential for a second because you know commercial can we can most of the time if you're doing commercial you're doing something you know four to six eight sometimes fifteen inches when it comes to those touch panels and so you're way out of the market with this. But you look at a, at a at a home where you want to first first of all you want it to be a single gang because you don't want anything bigger because it, it becomes you know gaudy and and overbearing on the wall. But you you go back to the price point. If you're doing a push button, their their version of, of push button control is, is about four four three or four hundred bucks uh, for retail. You double that and you give them a graphic user interface. How how big of a wow factor is that for them though? I mean, you go okay, Mister Homeowner. You can either have these plain little buttons, or I can do pretty much darn near whatever I want with any picture you give me, and and give you all this, you know, interaction. So, and and that is the biggest point to it is that unfortunately in today's day and age, people are so used to using iPads and mm-hmm. iPods and all this other stuff that when you show up with keypads that are just keypads that are supposed to do <laughs> everything and, you know, turn alarm on 
and it's a keep bed, they're not as apt to use it. They don't like it as much. And, you know, the other half of it is when they're spending the amount of money that Crestron costs, because it's not, you know, it's not a URC piece. It's a Crestron. It's not piece X10. That, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, do it yourself or necessarily or at all. <laughs> um, it's one of those things when they're spending that kind of money, they like to see stuff. They like stuff that they can show off. So when you couple that all together, these are the type of products that people actually want. I know the iPad was cool in the look of it, but it wasn't, you know, it's the same as when Resound brought out some of their stupid little iPod looking control surfaces. They looked okay, but, you know, when the first iPad, or sorry, when the first iPod came out with the click wheel, mm -hmm. that was acceptable. But now, oh God, nobody wants that in their wall. No, they want a touch interface. They well, you know, they want their iPad. They thank want you, that type of situation. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Right. We love you. <laughs> and you know, that's again where these things will will really take off. And in the Resi, yeah, having a sub, um, you know, sub thousand dollar touch panel is going to be wonderful because I have tried to sell some of those six axes, and they are a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a you know, thirty-five hundred or four thousand, you know, because this is Canada, a four thousand dollar, you know, touch panel. Don't laugh at me; it happens. And uh, <laughs> you know, your customer pulls out his iPad and says, "Well, why can't I use this?" And you know, yes, you can cover all those those reasons why you don't want that to be your, you know, only and main device, but the customer doesn't care. They don't care about all those technical reasons that we have of why you shouldn't use that. They want the cool touch use. Yeah. Right. Well, normally the last couple of weeks of December are not huge when it comes to news, but another, I guess, product release uh, along, not along the same lines as Crestron because this is install and this is chief. But it, it, this, this to me is geeky. It's, it's for integrators and for end users because I think this is cool. Um, it is a, it's from Chief, it's the CMS 490 Ceiling Tile Storage Kit. <laughs> Basically, it's an in-ceiling uh, hideaway. It's the best way to put it. You can put all your gear up here and it's plenum and all that jazz. Uh, Don, is that something that's that's cool for anybody or just integrators and, and end users and people? I, I mean, I don't see, you know, your do-it-yourselfers. Some of them might run out and get it, but it's definitely awesome for integrators we are constantly being given these fancy high-end boardrooms and conference rooms and, and, and offices that they've spent all these, you know, tens of thousands of dollars getting custom um, interior designed and decorated, and they don't want a rack. Or if they want a rack, it has to be squeezed into a completely unacceptable credenza that doesn't have any kind of ventilation. And, and they don't want to see the equipment, but they want all the equipment. Of course not. And some, something like this is just a fantastic option for those offices that still have the, the drop ceiling, ceiling tiles. Um, I, th I think there is definitely a market for it. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish I was still working with an integrator so I could get my hands on one and play with it a little bit. See what all you can fit in there, you know. You should be working with an integrator. I'm working on it. If I was an integrator, <laughs> I'd hire you. Well, thank you. George, is this cool or am I crazy? But well, those are two questions, aren't they? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> uh, Zing. You know, I mean, I like algebra, but that's a quadrant. I don't know how to answer. Um, I'm sorry. Did you say you like algebra? Yeah. 
Yeah, who's the weird one you now? He is. You got did I ever did I ever claim not to be weird, Mr. This is true. No, you did not. No, you did not. <laughs> Acceptance is the first step. Come on, just just answer the question, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Divide by pi. Square the radius, modular remainder. Gotta move that decimal point. Yeah, you got that one? Right. Um so uh, that's the answer for everything. Forty two. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that one. <laughs> right on, I, right on. I like it. I like it a lot. Although, I, I, first thing I saw it, I, I, the, my first thought of it was, you know those those fake cola cans they they sell you to hide your valuables in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Like, why didn't it have some kind of you know decoration on it or something? You know, it's cornice molding. What is it? No, I don't know. Um, but the other thought, and this is going to be tangential, I know you'll be shocked. It reminded me of uh, when I was living in Manhattan back in the early 80s. Um, there was some guys working on an apartment across from mine. And I walked in to see what they were doing. And I talked to them. I looked down on the floor. I'm like, what's that trap door? And they hadn't even looked at it. They'd been walking over it. Of course, what we all did was look up. No, there's no entrance to there. So the guy opened it. And, of course, it was a ladder. So we looked up again. And that doesn't work. And all of a sudden, the thing fell through to the apartment below. Oh. And somebody had built, illegally, obviously, a little passageway to whatever family was living below with them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> to go up and down through the apartment. But that's the first thing it reminded me of. I was like, I wonder if it's a portal. <laughs> <laughs> to another dimension. There you go. Uh, why can't I think of the game? The cake is a lie. Portal? Yeah, the cake is a lie. No, the cake is a lie. But what's the new one with the, uh, the in and out portals? Portal uh, 2? Is it Portal 2? I don't yeah. know. Maybe it is. I'm showing my game, gaming cred right there, aren't I? Yeah, yes. it's, it's Portal Impressive. 2. Okay. My, my biggest question with it when I first saw it was, what exactly are you putting up in there? Are you putting control systems? Is that the, uh, like, what is the, the main use for it? Well, my main use. Is, you... is it for in-room amplifiers? That could be is one. Is it for... It could be in room amplifiers. It could be you know any kind of component that's not plenum rated that you need to stick above above the yeah. ceiling. Because I, I think my biggest thing when I saw it was it's real cool, but I, I was just questioning essentially the the amount of use I would get out of it. And I know there is a use for it, and, and I know it would be very effective, but I, I don't think it you know when I first thought it, I was like oh this is awesome this will fit so many applications. And then when I really started to dive into it, I was like, well, maybe it won't fit as many as I initially thought it would. Just from a sizing point and a, a heat point, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but I don't know. How many drop ceilings, though, do you it. run into, though, Matt? I mean, as, as Resi and, and House of well, Worship? N- more than you'd think, actually. Okay. We don't, we don't run into too many as Resi, but when we're doing commercial stuff, we do run into it all the time. Okay. Because it's it's everywhere in commercial. But I was just going through my head in some of the last you know commercial jobs we did, and you know trying to figure out if I actually had a use for that outside of having to use like two or three. At which point it kind of kills the purpose for me. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if your option is two or three ceiling tile kits versus having to custom modify a fifty to a hundred thousand dollar credenza. Oh, yeah. No, completely. It, you know, I would say let's slap a few of those ceiling tile kits in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and that, was, that was just my – again, that was just kind of my initial thought was, ah, okay. And, you know, it just – it opens new doors, which I like. Right. I right. always like things that open new doors. Or portals. And give us more or portals. Or portals. The cake is a lie. 
Uh, this is AV the Week. are real. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is AV Week, I think, at least. Or maybe I've fallen through a portal. Did you bring uh, cupcakes? I did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was Michael's job, and he stood us up today. So My Thanks, wife works for a cupcake place, so... Well, go call her. Jeez, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing here with us? <laughs> See, I don't eat sweets that often. See that? I don't eat sweets that often, and she works for Magnolia Bakery, so... My wife works for a bar and grill, and unfortunately, I do eat there often. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> they have something called the Sizzler, which I won't get into, but it's quite good and not exactly fat-free, so... Right on. Um, <laughs> this is AV Week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, AV Dawn, Dawn Mead is with us, George Tucker and uh, Matt Scott. We're going to take a break for the AV Week job of the week. And uh, after this, we're going to get to our predictions and our reflections. Uh, the AV Week job of the week is brought to you by Rave Publications. Go to ravepubs.com and look under resources. And under there, there is the AV jobs. This week is CSAV Systems in Colts Neck, New Jersey. They're looking for a full-time commercial AV sales rep. Uh, you're going to be selling to corporate, healthcare, retail, hospitality, education, religious, any kind of market you can think of. This is going to be you. You need to have a New Jersey driver's license. George, do you have one of those? I have a New York's driver's license. Yeah, same difference. <laughs> a New Maybe. Jersey driver's license. All those highways. And, and, and toll booths and tunnels uh, and a knowledge of the AV industries. For more information, go to csavsystems.com. And that is the AV Week job. Of the week. So, this is the time in the show where we all get together. Somebody plays a banjo or a guitar, and we start a fire, and then we reminisce about 2011. Don, we will start with you simply because ladies first. Oh, great. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, in your mind or in your opinion, was the biggest story, the biggest product, the biggest thing uh, for 2011? Well, you know, it would be easy to just jump on the bandwagon of the rest of the tech world and say Steve Jobs passing and and all of that drama. But since I've never been really an Apple girl, I'm going to avoid that. I, I know, right? Um, I, you know, there, there's been a lot. There's been a lot. I think the biggest tech story or AV story of the year really is our, our, our transitioning. And this is something we touched on earlier with talking about the, the Sony downfall, but transitioning to the cloud, the mobile, the, the, the personal network that we carry with us at all times, to, to steal a phrase from, uh, from a guy from Sextant Communications, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's changing the way we live. It's not just changing how we do business. It's not just changing how we communicate with each other. It's changing our entire lives, having iPads and Kindle fires and smartphones with, you know, mobile streaming video, streaming sound. We can get whatever songs we want with Spotify and Pandora anywhere as we want it. You know, Except you, you Canada. well, okay. Well, we love you. We love you, Canada. <laughs> we no, love we our won't. North. Uh, <laughs> no, we, don't. we love our North Montana men. Thank um, you. Wow. <laughs> I like that. I'm sorry. I just had a vision of, of, of Matt in like, oh, you know, leggings and flannel. Ooh. Singing, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. <laughs> but go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tangent back. Okay. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think the whole the whole opening of the cloud and of mobile technology and the new gadgets that we're coming out with, it's changing the way we live now. It's changing the way we're going to be living. And if the companies that are manufacturing products and services are paying attention, it's going to change the way they do their business. And so everyone needs to pay attention. Cloud computing, mobile tech, you know, it's a whole new world. And I, I think that 2011 has been a big year for that leaping forward. So the 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 content moving to the cloud rather than just, you know, Word documents and, and spreadsheets. But this is really the year that kind of the content moved to the cloud. And that's where it's going to live. Right. And, and, and all the gadgets and all the things that we've become accustomed to that bring in the content to us wherever we are constantly. So. Mr. Scott, Mr. Canada... What is your your big thing for 2011? Oh, after she stole it, gosh! I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, How can fine. she steal? You can't get it. There is no cloud in in, in the. No, we have cloud. Game. It's just it's a very small cloud, oh. and it's filled with snow. <laughs> but, you know, and molten no. ice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, my my biggest thing for 2011, personally, being a big Apple nut, opposed to Don. Um, would probably be the passing of Steve Jobs and essentially the world that he kind of gave us in the last couple of years. And that does kind of tie into the cloud stuff. Um, the eighth day. Nice. Steve Jobs gave us the iPad. Um, it, you know, it, it is one of those things where, especially in the resi market, we have not seen a bigger product company um, in, gosh, probably 40 years that has touched so many aspects of what we do uh, with um, you know, Apple and the iPad and the iPhone and pretty much all their devices, um, iTunes and Apple TV and all that stuff, that has really just made so many things possible and so many things more acceptable to the customers. I remember back you know, before the iPad came out when you went to sell a touchscreen to somebody, it, you could do it, but it was such a harder sell because they didn't, you know, they just didn't have exposure to it. They weren't on TVs. That whole, you know, concept of tablet computing was, for the most part, non-existent. Um, I remember we sold a customer one probably four or five years ago that I gotta say was like thirty-five hundred bucks for a tablet PC that was two inches thick, and it didn't work real well. And, you know, now Microsoft products. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so so kind of that whole coupling of what we're able to do and what tech, you know, I know this isn't completely centric on, you know, AV, but um, just just what we've been able to do through the cloud, through the Apple devices, through some of the stuff that has just come out with the, the connected world. Um, to the point of like this year, I know there was a couple instances where we did some remote troubleshooting of a couple systems uh, a couple hundred miles away over FaceTime. And I, I cannot, you know, imagine what would have happened three years ago because we wouldn't have used Skype, even though it was probably available, because they wouldn't have wanted to, you know, take their whole, you know, desktop computer down to their theater room to figure out what the heck was going on. We would have had to hop in a truck, roll the truck, you know, a couple hundred miles, drive for a couple hours, get there, get out, fix it, grab a hotel somewhere and drive back. And, you know, we were able to fix it in a matter of 
two hours over um, FaceTime. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably been the biggest the biggest thing for me. So the passing of Steve Jobs. Well, the passing of Steve Jobs and what what he kind of created. Yeah. yeah. What what he brought to it. Mr. Tucker, what is your big big thing for 2011? Well, first of all, does someone say banjo? Oh, nice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm Steve Martin, I'm not, but actually that's my very out-of-tune Gretsch Senorita from 1932, but um, <laughs> I haven't played it in 10 years. It's out of tune if like If you crazy. start playing Deliverance, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, you know, it's a great... Com- anyway, um, so... <laughs> oh, I could have lost us our clean rating right there. Um... <laughs> That being said, no, um, I'm going to take a completely different tack here, and I really think this is the year that OLED will break out. I'm going to making a prediction for the no, year coming. Pr- prediction, predictions yet. are in a minute. This is this is. Oh, uh, okay. Well, but it's still it was the year of OLED. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of advancements is, advancements happened. It's becoming more and more on the forefront of these companies like oh, like Samsung, like Sony, name and a few other companies that are in the display. Uh, manufacturing side this is the technology that will change everything if it comes to fruition the way everything seems to be progressing um you know not to overstate the issue like G- steve jobs with the Segway. you know cities will be redesigned around it but <laughs> right i mean you remember those quotes from him right you know yeah. this the oh, yeah. project uh, whatever it was called um but this is I the do most think- am- this is the most amazing thing we've ever done well yeah and he said you know cities will be right redesigned around this um, but what I envision is this thing being an iPad that folds up into the size of a business card case, you know, all of the Jetsons. Uh, and it's out there. Sony's showing stuff. Everybody's what? showing something. And then there's the stuff like the touch foil, right? We've talked about this in a previous show where you do the through the uh, uh, display window of a store touchscreen system. Well, that George, rolls up. George, four years, three years, four years ago now almost, at the opening games of, of, of the Olympics in Beijing. We had a rollable, foldable yeah. LED, OLED screen. But I want to see it. I mean, is it mass marketed yet? It's not oh, mass marketed. No, 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 market. but the technology has been there. Push. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is not new technology in a sense, but it's, it's come to its own, its own right as in the last year or so. I was going to say, I've been excited about it for the past four or five years or whenever we first heard hints of it. And I haven't seen it yet, and I'm I'm turning blue, holding my breath over here. Yeah, I'm with Don. I hope you're I hope you're right because I've been thrilled about the OLED since the the letters first crossed my mind, put together that way. But until I see it in a commercial form that we can just go out and buy and play with, and not like the cost every, me every man a second yeah, mortgage on my house, semi cost. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I hope you're right. I totally hope you're right for 2012 because yeah. I would be a happy girl, but. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to douse on your parade, George. No. Uh, and, I, and I do agree with that, though. But, yes, it, it was the year that, that another hint of it came, came about. And you might be right. 20, 2012, maybe it's... What, you want me to cover the standard stuff? Come on. No, I don't expect you to. Come on, I, analog-driven I, tube uh, knobs will come back. Okay, how about that? I, that, expect, I expected something about 3D. No. Uh, <laughs> For me, 2011 was the year that the mobile slash iOS device overtook touch panels from people like Crestron, Extron, AMX, uh, Aurora, anybody or Control Four, anybody that has 
a graphical user interface. And we talked about this when we talked about Crestron's fancy spancy new single gang unit. There's a reason that they had to come out with it because for about 300 bucks cheaper, I can get an iPad and put whatever else I want it. And oh yeah, by the way, I can also control my house with it. Um, this is the year that it really came, became fashionable from not only Crestron and, and control system, but from controlling everything with your, with your mobile device. One of the most popular Super Bowl ads of 2011 was a little boy in, in the uh, Darth Vader suit. And Love he's trying, yeah, and he's trying to he's trying to start everything with the force, quote unquote. And his dad starts his, starts the car when the little boy is trying to start it himself. So people are getting used to it. People are getting acclimated to starting things and controlling things with with their mobile mobile devices. And I think this is just going to push the control manufacturers to either invent and uh, innovate in the way that that Crestron has has done with their sub thousand dollar one, or just change their marketing. Say, okay, you know, embrace it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I didn't get laughed at, but 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 my idea for some of these control manufacturers who don't have a graphical user interface to take the WebOS uh, operating system that's been open source now and take it and run with it because I think it'll be a lot stabler and a lot you know sexier than than what they've got now. But taking the whole mobile and and portable devices to control everything in our life. I think this was this was the year for that. So that's my reflection for 2011. So uh, you are listening to AV Week. We're going to go all around the table again for our predictions for 2012. George, we'll start with you. Do you have anything other than the OLED, and this is, this is the big year for that? No, but I'll go out on a limb and say that I believe Steve Jobs will come back with Tupac Shakur to prove once and for all that Gen Deck is really Elvis Presley and he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> you laugh, but you haven't heard mine yet. So. Well, I laugh because you know he's cryogenically frozen. You know, you never know what he could do. <laughs> he's hanging out with with uh, with, with, with with Tupac and Biggie, and, Costa Rica, and, and Kennedy, Walt, and um, Marilyn Monroe, Walt Disney in the freezer. Walt Disney. <laughs> yes. Walt Disney's a frozen dessert. Something like that. Mmm, <laughs> brains. Brain freeze. <laughs> uh, Mr. Scott, what is your predictions for 2012? My predictions for 2012 is pretty much that uh, this cloud computing is just going to continue to take off. We are going to see less um, and less you know, people essentially tied to their desks, if you will. Um, and that in every sense of the word, uh, we're getting to the point where, you know, we can start our, our cars with our phones, um, you know, everything like that. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to the, uh, the advancement of both kind of virtual touch control a la the, uh, um, you know, Xbox connect mm-hmm. type, uh, interfaces as well as the speech. I think speech is going to be gigantic this year with the advent of Surrey and products like that. So even though Steve is dead, I think that, you know, a lot of stuff that he, he was really, you know, a force behind is going to become bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I know I was, you know, looking at some stuff today and with the new OnStar app, you can, you know, check the level of gas in your vehicle from your phone and I can't wait for the, the day that Surrey interfaces with that type of stuff 
so that I can, you know, look at my phone and say, you know, hey, phone, start my truck as I, you know, get ready to jump out of bed or, or, or whatever. That was so one that of the I, most interesting things, sorry, about when I good. started interfacing with, with the Connect is it's not just gestures. It's also voice. Oh, it's voice. And, you know, I know they just brought an SDK a couple of weeks ago that is allowing somehow control possibly of other devices and think about you know your your residential theaters and stuff being able to walk into the room tied with you know sensor control have some of your system start to come to life and you you literally say to your system you know I want to watch you know the A team or whatever and everything starts to go well that's the thing is is as long as you can get any kind of signal out of it you can get it into a control system Exactly. And with that, then you're controlling it with, with the Connect or Siri, if, if Siri yeah, ever, it, ever comes up with SDK. And the biggest thing that I see is that I think we'll see a lot of simplification in control systems. Because I, I as much as I know, you know you're a huge Crestron fan, and I do like Crestron. I, I do have a bunch of their gear on my house. But I'm waiting for the day that that type of application becomes a lot easier to use. And simpler, and whether it's from Crestron or someone else, um, I th- I think it's going to come fairly fairly quickly, and we'll probably see you know a whole bunch of new stuff this year. Like I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the stuff that Clear or sorry Clear Controls is going to do, mm-hmm. because they're they're that type of company that is on the verge of you know some cool stuff. So I, I think it's going to be a big year for um, essentially advancements in non-traditional control methods and non-traditional and interfaces so yeah yeah definitely madam miss mead yeah well i actually have a couple of predictions some of which are no-brainers and at least one is definitely av related but more they're more general tech related um i think 2012 may be the year that we see the end of rim Blackberry has Woo-hoo! just I mean, been sorry. tanking. You know, I, ha- I had a Crackberry for many years. I loved my Crackberry. And when we got the smartphones that are Android-based, I would not go back to Crackberry if you paid mm-hmm. me to. You don't, know, and Don't tell anyone, but I live like an hour down the road from them. Yeah, and, and, and I think yeah, you, you, they are going to continue tanking, and it may be the year. They, they may not be here for this discussion next year oh, just because so many people are jumping to the iShip or the Android ship. Um, that's a fairly good prediction that if they're not completely gone, they're going to be completely in a different mode of business by this time next year. Um, I think another big thing, and this one is definitely AV-related, I think we're going to see a lot of volatility in the LCD market over the next maybe six months even, Mm. partially because we have things like what we discussed earlier, Samsung buying out Sony share, partially because if if George is correct, OLED is going to come in and take a lot of market share. But also, and we didn't discuss this, two days ago, the government came out with a $538 million settlement against several of the major LCD manufacturers for price fixing. Oh, over the yeah. past decade, it has been a major underreported story, but the main manufacturers, and not just Hitachi, Sharp, and Samsung, but the people that make the panels that go in them, are all being hit for charges of colluding, for pr- fixing prices, and artificially keeping the prices of panels high. Now, whether these giant lawsuits that are coming to fruition and being settled 
mean prices are going to go up to pay for the settlement or whether prices are <laughs> going to come way down because they're no longer fixing the prices. I don't know. But I think that there's going to be a lot of volatility there. I think if you see a great deal, buy it because who knows what the price is going to be next week. Um, who knows what the quality may be next week if some of these people can't handle the settlement and go under. You know, So I, I think we need to kind of keep an eye on the flat panel market over the next at least six months, if not year. Oh, you know As what's going to happen. They're going to raise prices. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and I probably the, do it, cynic, and probably yeah, do just, it collectively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, be, being the cynic I am, I see them raising the prices to cover the cost of all these settlements and lawsuits. Yep. But you know, the the whole idea of the price fixing was it kept the prices artificially high. If the actual cost of making them is a lot lower, and they're no longer saying we're not going to sell below this, who knows? Maybe competition will kick in and prices will drop. But I, the, the very fact that we don't know without being cynical or snarky, I think, is going to lead to a lot of that volatility. So just keep an eye on the flat panel market over the next six months. Yeah, that's, then that, that is a really good story. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and my last little prediction is uh, actually kind of something I saw. The, the editorial director of Macworld, Jason Snell, it was one of his predictions for 2012, and I, I completely agree. I think we're going to see a lot more Android tablets and products coming out but it'll be like a fractured android it won't be part of google necessarily and i think they're going to be building on what amazon did with the kindle fire coming out with their own wave of android based products that aren't necessarily google products and um you know if, if if it comes off that way i think it'll be awesome for those of us that are on the android market it's like pcs you know mac kept their stuff to themselves, PCs spread out, and there's all kinds of PC products, some good, some bad. But if you look, there's competition, and there's a lot more variety, and there's lots of options. And I, I see that coming for the Android market. And I hope it comes soon because I got that Kindle Fire for Christmas, and I want more apps in the App Store. <laughs> see, I, I want – what I would love to see is as long as they, they keep a way for my apps to get into these new fractured – Android devices, uh, and, and the reason for that is this: is because at two hundred dollars, the the Kindle is the least expensive Android tablet, right? And that's right. great, except for the fact that there are certain apps that I just can't port into it yet. So, you know, give me give me a, a way back into it, and, and to use you know the, the apps that I've already purchased. Just don't don't make the developers redevelop all over again for your specific flavor. Although, oh. Although I will say this, I have like five or six apps that I live for on my phone because it's an Android phone. And the apps that are not, of, of those five or six, the ones that are not readily available in the Kindle market mm-hmm. for the Android, for the Fire, the, the browser on the Kindle Fire has worked so well, I can access the, the page for those like Evernote. Oh, well, Evernote, okay. has an, Evernote has an app in the Kindle Fire market, but like... Uh, Worldmate. When I'm traveling, I use that to, you know, sync all my ap- appointments and and reservations and such. I can reach the web page for that just as easily and just as quickly as I would be the app on my phone. Excellent. But I can do it on my tablet. So the browser makes up for the lack of apps, but I will be happy when the apps increase. Yeah. All right, it's time for you guys to take your shots at me. Here are my three predictions for 2012. Number one is video conferencing and the changes in video conferencing. And my prediction is that video conferencing is not necessarily going to go away in 2012, but it's going to start to transition to 
less official installations and more Skype-like products. The reason I say that is this, is because you have uh, video conferencing systems that are somewhat cumbersome sometimes. They're not exactly easy to use. The remote controls are either confusing or they're tied to a control system that has not been designed nor installed you know, properly. And so that gets confusing. And people know how to use Skype. They know how to use video conferencing. They know, they know how to use FaceTime. And so in these corporate boardrooms or educational installations, you're going to have greater in installation and greater integration with Skype or something like it. LifeSize already has started to integrate Skype. I don't believe that Cisco is, is it, which is used to be Tamburg, uh, has been able to do that yet. And I think Polycom has something that lets you like a third party thing or another. But this type of personalized video conferencing a couple of weeks ago when we had Gary Kay on, they had something um, called a biscotti, which was it had HDMI pass through. It gave you basically video conferencing on your TV. And the HDMI pass through is important because basically you can hook up your cable TV box into the biscotti and out of the, out of the biscotti into your TV. It passes the HDMI and the HDCP. And then when you get a call, it pops up on your screen and says, hey, you have a video conferencing call. Would you like to take it? You say yes or no, and then there you go. Stuff like that. I mean, this this is Jetsons-ish. This is Star Trek-ish. And, and we're getting there. Well, stuff like this, I think, is going to give people like LifeSize and like Polycom and like Tanberg slash Cisco a run for their money. I, I could see that. Am I crazy? Uh, no, I uh, think it's... No. Again, that's two questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I I definitely see that coming to fruition. It It's one of those things where we're seeing, for us, so many clients um, who are looking for video conferencing, and when we sit down to discuss, they almost instantly go to, well, why can't we just do this with Skype? Or even the last couple, you know, honestly, over the last month or two, we've had a couple requests of, why can't we just use Google Hangouts? Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, again, it's like anything. The ease and the accessibility of some of these technologies is really making those more proprietary, large-scale systems that, yes, in some applications are the only solutions that will really work. But there are so many smaller situations where, yeah, we can totally do this just from a Skype-based system. And the price of it is is right. You know, it's, oh, it's virtually free. Right. So. All right, my next one is one that I said a few months ago, and I'm going to go ahead and, and stick to my guns on this one. By the, or let's say by, I think I, my, my original prediction was by, the, by Infocom 2012, so I'll stick to that, but it may not happen until the end of the year. Cisco entered into a agreement with Control 4. It was a mutual beneficial agreement. And my prediction was this, and still is this, is that Cisco will, will buy Control 4, enter into the control systems uh, market, and take one more giant step into AV, which will just be a, ba- a, 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 a thing, a, a, a sign of things to come as Cisco pushes themselves more and more into the world of AV, just like IT in general. And Cisco is the big IT behemoth. Just like IT and AV are converging, Cisco is going to start converging even more next year. George, 
Yes. I <laughs> <laughs> see. I don't know how to do this. I'm I'm saying these these predictions, and I don't know if, whether or not to ask you guys questions about them or just put them out there. So I'll just well, put them you, out there. Have you seen the new um, Looney Tunes? Cartoon? I, I have not seen Looney Tunes probably since I was 18 or 19. Because. Well, there's a new series of them, and one of the ads they have is Daffy Duck standing with uh, Bugs Bunny, and Daffy goes, Am I crazy? Yes. Really? And then they show an example of it, and it keeps going on and on. Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Do I mean anything by before that? Is it metaphorical? No, no, I just brought that up as idle conversation. Yes. Um, <laughs> if I consider the opinion... You'll need to work things out with your mother. Um, but uh, it's possible? Yeah. I, I don't know if they want to get into that market. It's just, it's so, it's something they have to micromanage and analyze. And I don't know if they want to do that. See, and here would be my question, though. What market doesn't Cisco want to get exactly. into? Exactly. Yeah, but what do they want to get into is off the shelf stuff. I mean, you're saying they're going to turn Control 4 into plug it and play? Dude, have, pray. You, have is... you seen the Control 4 stuff that's at, yeah. what is it, uh, Mongolia? Mm-hmm. Or, no, Magnolia. Magnolia. Like, that's pretty, sorry. That's, <laughs> again, you, we don't have those here. Did you just refer here. to Best Buy's high-end <laughs> AV as a, as a segment of China? <laughs> that hey, gave wait, us, they don't think they're part of China. So that, gave, that gave us Genghis Khan. They have fantastic beef, though. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> I love it. But you know, again, that's pretty much what they've got at those those kiosks are fairly plug and play. Bop 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 bam. Here you go. There you go. You're good. Okay, so, so let's. Sorry, let, let's go ahead and take a look at that for a second. You have Linksys, who was a pretty good size, you know, mid mid level to lower level router company, right? Now they're owned by Cisco. What do you do if you want to set up a home router, a wireless router system in your house? You go to Office Max, Office Depot, Best Buy, whatever, and you pick up a Linksys slash Cisco router, you slap it in, and you're good to go, right? Right. Most of us, most right. people, and, and people who are less technically inclined than, than, than the people here on, on this call. Same thing with control system. Like I said with, with my reflections of 2011, we've gotten to the point where we're used to starting our cars and checking in on our teenagers and doing and, and you know managing our stocks on our cell phones and our mobile devices. Same thing here. You give Cisco, who's already a pretty good, you know, in, um, intranet and networking company. You give them an into your house with your Linksys router. You connect that to your Control Four slash Cisco control system, and you can run your house through everything. See, for me up here, and the reason that I I kind of see this coming is. And I'm trying to think. I, I know there's a U.S. cable company that is making inroads in this as well. But our major cable company, Rogers uh, Cable, has brought to market a home control, home automation, security um, mishmash of devices that they're selling as proper home control. It works through their router and through their cable systems to allow, you know, cameras and door sensors and some very, very rudimentary basic lighting control. And they're pushing that as essentially a box system that they'll come out and install. I don't see that being any different than your prediction, Tim, on Cisco jumping into Control 4. Because, again, whether they do it as a large-scale system or whether they do it as a here's, you know, 10 pieces – that you can put in your house and boom, you're you're up and running. 
kind of um, along the same lines as what ADT Pulse is it ADT Pulse is doing with their so. their little bit of you know quasi home automation. So I don't. That's the reason right there why I don't think it is that um, abstract of an idea for them to jump into this. Yeah. Yeah. I see. If I were Cisco, I would be a little cautious because they're slowly creeping into the one ring to rule them all, one company to control them all kind of methodology where they have their fingers in every pie. And if you look at Sony, which we talked about earlier, it's kind of what they did. They yeah. expanded into gaming. They expanded into, you know, computers. They expanded into AV. They expanded into audio. They, you know, they had a little piece of everything. And now they're like, what, four quarters in a row with, you know, however many percent you know, George cited at us uh, loss in the past decade. So you don't want to overreach. You want to do what you do and do it really well. And I mean, even, you know, Coming back to some IT experts, the executive editor of InfoWorld, Galen Grumman, in his predictions for 2012, listed Cisco as one of the companies he thinks is going to be reduced in stature and importance. Really? So rather than growing, he he sees HP, Dell, Cisco, and absolutely RIM coming down in stature of importance, but he thinks Cisco is going to retreat to its own legacy market because he thinks they've overextended the past two years Hmm. to, to, you know – put their fingers in all the pies so you know i mean obviously it's a 50 50 shot either you're right or he's right (laughs) you know oh (laughs) i don't think it's 50 50 you're awfully generous there (laughs) (laughs) but but if if i were them i would be more cautious just because in 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 history those that overreached be it geopolitically and some of the you know invading armies of the past or corporately with some of the companies expanding beyond their their specialties it usually ends in disaster, yeah. and and hopefully, you know, Cisco does a good enough job with what they do. They won't overreach and try to do too much. You would hope. So. I, you know, that was exactly yeah. I was going to jump in, but Don, that's exactly what I was going to say. But the, uh, the 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 dustbin of the history is full of companies doing similar things and going, "Oh, this will be easy." Wait, what happened? We just went bankrupt. You know, yep. like just not being able to figure it out and thinking, no, they'll follow our corporate way. We have the right plan. Wow, did we just lose money? You know, I mean, yep. it's like, you know. It's, it's like I, invading Russia in the winter. Well, I was gonna say, it reminds, exactly. me of, reminds me of Eddie Izzard talking about Waterloo. I love Eddie Izzard. <laughs> I do too. He talks about Waterloo. He talks about uh, Napoleon and uh, and Hitler going, oh, we're going to get him. Oh, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. Yeah. Oh, it was the same idea. It was the yeah, same, same idea. idea. Same idea. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my last one, and then we'll—I'll let you—I'll cut you guys loose. This will make George happy if it happens. 2012 will be I'm the end happy. of 3D. Oh well, you know what? That would make me happy. Wow. Here's the I reason. Why. An, I just took an amphetamine. Wow. Here's the reason why, and I, I know people are screaming and yelling and going, "Yeah, you, this is the part where I am crazy." This is why is because what I've witnessed over the last however many years is every time we get a new technology, there, there becomes a zenith where everybody, it's everywhere, it's everywhere, it's everywhere, and then it starts the downturn, and then the next thing pops up. This time, the next thing popped up before even the zenith happened, or as the zenith was happening. That next thing is 4K. That next thing is the, the latest, greatest thing is 4K. It's here. It's, it's already being pushed by the display manufacturers, and so 
yes, every movie that's ever made a million dollars is being re-released in 3D, and yes, they're doing all this 3D stuff, and you can catch it, and there's there's auto-stereoscopic, and there's the stuff with the with the active lenses and the passive lenses, and I get all that. But it's hit its zenith, and so 2012 is the downturn, is when it's going to start waning, and 4K is going to start picking up um, from the content creators. Because what happened last time, you had the the guys who made us who gave us you know the 720 and then this and then the 1080 said where's our our next buck going to be had well our next dollar is going to be had well let's do, let's do 3D that's great well they're they're done they're done with with giving us 3D because now the content guys have have finally caught up and say ooh 3D we can make more money same thing's going to happen with 4K the the guys who make the displays have moved on and said okay now here's the next great great thing and it'll take the content creator guys a couple years to catch up and say, ooh, we can re-release, you know, Beauty and the Beast in 4K now. So, Right. Here would be my, my counterpoint to that, though, is how soon before we have 4K 3D. Oh, shut up, Matt. No, no, no. I, and again, I'm not a huge <laughs> proponent of 3D by any means. Most of the time it drives me absolutely batty. That being said... There are so many people who love it. And they're so convinced that this is going to be such a cool thing in the future. But see, I think those same people said the same thing about HD. Yeah, they probably did. But again, I, I I don't so much see 3D as dying so much as just continuing to evolve. And the main reason behind that for me is... Not only do people seem to like it, which doesn't make any sense to me, um, but the content creators love it. And the main reason they love it is, have you ever tried to counter, or not counterfeit, but um, to duplicate a 3D disc and watch it on your computer? No. Not, Not that I have, but the technology behind it isn't there. Right. Nobody has yet found a way to pop that. And I think they just brought out a report just like two days ago or three days ago about the most downloaded um, movie off the torrent sites. And it was Fast Five and it was downloaded like something something like nine billion times. Why would you download that movie? Well, <laughs> I didn't say it made sense. I just said they're doing it. So the one of the things that pushed so many manufacturer or sorry, studios – to get behind Blu-ray was the content control that they oh, had yeah. over. What? Yeah, that that is, that is what what caused them to get behind, yeah, behind Blu-ray. That that pushed it so strong. So when they bring out something on three, sorry, in three D, they have yet to find a way to to really duplicate it and make it available to download sites. Yeah. Not saying that that won't you know get pushed down down the road. Same with four K. You know that that same principle. But at this point, it's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. When they bring when they bring something out on 3D, it's not getting you know uploaded and then subsequently downloaded by hundreds of thousands of people because they can't do it. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of agree with that, Matt. But I will say, you know, as soon as you come out with a new technology, there's some little geek in some basement somewhere in Eastern Europe that's working on a crack. Right oh, now, he's still oh, here. I mean, it's, you've got DVD or, or, John. Or, or, and yeah, I don't mean, quite be a teenager yet when I crack it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that's the ultimate reason, but... Oh, no, going, I, don't, going, I don't think it's an ultimate reason. I just think it is an aspect that I'm sure is there. Yeah. Right. Now, I will say this, Tim, for the prediction overall, I am going to 100% agree with you and 100% disagree with you. This will be Here's interesting. Here's why. Well, yeah. that doesn't make sense. But, no, it does make sense. <laughs> I agree that, that 2012 will mark probably the end of 3D at this moment. But back in January of 2011, I wrote a, an entire blog on the 3D craze, and it's not going to be the end of 3D, which is the way you phrased it. And, I mean, 3D has been around since 1922 when oh, Teleview yeah. stereoscopic motion pictures came out. It had a boom in the 20s, and then it went away. It had a huge boom in the 50s, and then it went away. It came back in the late 70s, early 80s, then it went away. It's back now. It's going to go away probably next year because people are sick of it. Some people can't watch it, and it's, you know, it, it's had its moment. It's going to go away. But give us a couple of years, it'll be it'll back. Be it back. May, it, it may, it, it, it's like, <laughs> like Freddy. It's like Jason. It's like a horror movie monster. It's going to keep coming back. Maybe next time it'll be the 4K 3D. It'll come back with some little innovation, some little twists, and everyone will be like, "Ooh, 3D! It's the new hot thing." It, it's been around for a hundred years, kids. But based <laughs> on based on your based on your your timeline here, I'll be seventy by the time it comes back. So I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll be on your porch with your cane, going, "Get out of here, you 3D glasses wearing freaks! <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> glasses and your 3D holographic imagery." Get out of my lawn. Get out of my house. We had to hold up with our hands. Get out of my holodeck. Get out of here. Right. I love it. <laughs> this has been a few week. <laughs> Probably the most interesting and, and, and irreverent one we've done, at least from this end. It may not have translated well, but I, for that, I apologize. Uh, it's not her fault, though, because that's Dawn Mead, the lovely and talented <laughs> consultant and blogger. You can find her at avdawn.com. Thank you for coming by, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, George Tucker, he's the engineering coordinator of World Stage. His Twitter handle is at Tucker2s. And if you'd like, give the fine people your website because I screw it up. It's, uh, it's tuckerstuesday.typehead.com. There you go. And uh, one of, two other things. One, SOPA is still alive. People sign up and fight it. Tell your local Congress people that they are stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't listen to GoDaddy. I don't care what they say that they're against it now. It's just because of the bottom line. They're still for it. They're just trying to fool you. Yeah, so if you have a GoDaddy uh, yeah. hosted site, get rid get, of it. Get Change rid of it, it now. Yeah. Um, As I and, say that, having one at this moment, but it's Mr. Leaving, Scott. I am working on it, my friend. It's you know really, that whole it, thing. It you know that whole fun. thing about how they're delaying, and then they say they're not delaying transfers. Yeah, that's bull. Short, stupid <laughs> story. I, I I transferred all of my domains a year ago just because I was tired of the commercials, and mm. and as my children get older, the less I want to be associated with that site. Uh, I, I switched mine to Hover. Hover dot com. They don't they don't advertise here. I get nothing for this. I just think that it's a fine company. Uh, you when you call, you get an actual person with customer service. It took about two days to transfer everything over. So hover dot com, h o v e r dot com. And my my uh, my last one, it is a prediction. Go rank, go New York Rangers Winter Classic. We're gonna kill them. Okay. <laughs> Who are you playing? Is it gonna rain? Are you playing the the Flyers or the Bruins? Uh, Flyers in okay. Philadelphia outdoors. Oh yeah. Anyone who beats the Flyers is a friend of mine. 
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Pittsburgh girl. Says the Pittsburgh girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Mr. Scott, he's at uh, Omega Audio Video. You've got so many handles, it's not even funny. Let's just do at Omega Audio Video or his website, OmegaAudioVideo.com. Thank you much, Mr. Scott. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, this year has been an interesting one for me, personally and professionally. I thank you guys. This this group here has been a big part of that. But this has been the birth of AV Nation and AV Week. Uh, we have a brand spanking new home. If you haven't been there, please stop by. It's at Rave Pubs, R-A-V-E-P-U-B-E-S. I'm sorry, R-A-V-E-P-U-B-S. George, don't say a word. P-U-B-S dot com slash AV Nation. So thanks so much uh, for, for stopping by. Thanks so much for listening. And that's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>